Hey everyone, welcome to the X Factor Files podcast. I'm Daryl. I'm Philip. Oh, we are back. I have some pumpkin wine, just like a couple weeks ago. Yeah. You gotta take advantage of seasonal things when they're happening. I mean, by the time this episode airs, I don't even know how many times I have watched Hocus Pocus 2, but the limit does not exist. Yeah. <laughs> um, it, yeah. Pumpkin wine. We already talked about how good it was. We did. Yeah. I mean, my it's not really seasonal, but my current junk food binge is the frosted animal cookies, the pink and yellow ones with the or pink and white ones with the sprinkles. Yeah. They're, I just can't. Which are technically like non-parials, I think they're known as. The sprinkles? Yeah. Round? The round ones. Yeah. yeah. There's some funky term for it. They're sprinkles. Right. And they're delicious and probably super synthetic and overly processed. You can taste like the wax coating your tongue after a while, but who cares? It's so good. Yeah. (laughs) It's giving you the calories to get through podcasting. Yes. Yeah. Um, Also uh, this weekend, so I got a few new action figures in. You have some questions. We, We talked about the Thor one already. The Harold Thor. Yes. Which I felt I needed to get since Galactus is coming in. I'm trying to get all the Heralds now. All or just some? How many does he need? I, well, I already have Silver Surfer. There's a two-pack that I have pre-ordered through Hasbro. Mm. He's coming with two or three. Oh. Um, the fiery one? Where it looks like Human Torch, but not? Frankie? Sure. Maybe? Yes. Oh. I have uh, Carol Danvers when she was like she was a herald? I think briefly she was. Oh. Is it anyone who hasn't been a herald? I don't know. It's like, who hasn't been an Avenger? <laughs> um, Qu- Quake from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I had to get her. Yeah, I showed her to you. Oh, the action yeah. figure. I thought you meant she was, she was still a, a herald. She I'm probably like... was, too. <laughs> <laughs> She's just going to go with Galactus 2 just to cover our bases. Um. I mean, that power set yeah. makes sense. We have Speedball. Yes, he looks fun. He does look fun. Who was the fourth one? Mm. Oh, U.S. Agent. To uh, round out my West Coast Avengers team. That's right. I love the West Coast Avengers. Like, So on one of your floating shelves, you're going to have all of them? Maybe. I think because Galactus is such a fucking beast of a figure, he's going to have to come down here to like the hangout central and oh. be on a top shelf with a set of fantastic four and some heralds like how big is Galactus? no like will there even be space i don't like there this is a standard ceiling height yeah but we have shelves like he he'd go on top of a shelf but is he like three feet tall i don't know we're gonna have to see if he even fits down here maybe this shelf over here to my right it's and move the sanderson sisters and yeah. robin hood yeah they're sort of seasonal they can move. I mean, I would say that they're evergreen, but yeah. Um, that movie was so fun. I know we talked about it last time, but and, it was, it's still so fun. And I, I know that I shouldn't probably buy new VHS, but I did find the original Hocus Pocus on VHS on eBay last night. That would be fun with the previews. So it's coming in the mail. Oh, you already, you <laughs> yeah. already clicked. Okay. Yes, already clicked buy. Um, thank you to the gin last night for encouraging my impulse to own it on VHS so we can watch it down here on the VCR. What is good gin? It is good gin. Um, we are in February of 2008. Are you ready for some pop culture pop-up? Yeah. 
All right. Amy Winehouse is still alive. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah this isn't a death thing yet for her. It's coming. Um, oh. She wins five Grammys. Remember, her, like, that album, Back to Black, was groundbreaking. Like, it sort of brought the blues to the forefront for our generation. Oh. Do you think there'd be an Adele without an Amy Winehouse? No. I think Amy opened that door mm. for an appreciation of soulful music like that. Yeah. Um, there were a couple other artists that had like one hit, but Amy is the one who I think brought it mainstream. And then why she was covered by the tabloid so much is because she was so famous and well-known. Oh. Like people were invested in her and her music to such a degree that you could argue that the publicity killed her oh. and placed so many pressures on her. Who knows? Will we ever know? There is a documentary on Netflix that's <laughs> been in my queue for years I need to watch. We were just talking about uh, home video. So this is when HD DVDs ceased production. Blu-rays are the clear winner for in the format wars. Oh. Yeah. Remember, like, I remember I did not get a Blu-ray player until... Your Xbox? Mm, or did you have a designated one? I had a designated one. Oh. Before the Xbox. I was still operating off of 360s until... You can... 20... Can't you read a Blu-ray on a 360? No. DVD. Blu-ray is Xbox One. Mm. Because mm. it was big with 360 that you could play your DVD in it without the compatibility thing that you needed for the original Xbox. You needed to buy a special insert to use a remote to actually play DVDs on your original Xbox. Oh. So, uh, three. I feel like you could. I feel like I ended up with a Blu-ray and was just like, oh, no. But then it worked. So uh, I finally got a dedicated Blu-ray player in, like, 2012. Oh. So I didn't... I, I mean, we were in college. I did not have money for HD DVDs or Blu-rays at that point. They were it, so expensive still. That's what the bougie friends were for. True. Um, and it's weird thinking back this is 2008 this is 14 years ago and we still have DVDs being produced like Blu-ray did not kill DVDs no and, not, in the, not in the way that DVDs killed VHS right and now everything's coming back um, I'm so glad that I still have my VCR that works from my teenage years because finding a new one, they're so expensive. Because there was a big news item a few years ago where they're like, the last VCR ever has been made. And it's like, okay. I'm sure they said that about record players too. And Oh, yeah. Um, well, like as you were saying with Half Price Books, like your Doctor Who videos, you picked them up for a buck a piece or something. Yep. And now they're up to five or eight. Eight dollars yeah. a piece for a, a Doctor Who, which very niche as well. Like... I mean, they, the vintage Doctor Who especially. Like, yeah. Those episodes did not make a whole lot of sense, and I really fell asleep during a lot of them. Yeah, but the at least with the VHS that I got for a buck a piece, it's the whole storyline. So uh, oh. for everyone who's not familiar, vintage, vintage Doctor Who sort of went in seasons, but it was story arcs. So you would have three or four episodes in a row that were one big story. Like if I'm looking right here, we have the Armageddon Factor. That was a story arc within one of the seasons. And it, it was self-encapsulated. It didn't really relate to the story arc before oh. or after. It was just, th like there's your that. story. Yeah. Um, 
So that's what they're framed around. And it, it, it's very niche mm. in terms of a market. That's where a few years ago, I would go to half price books because my apartment was buy one. So it was really easy for me just to like, eh, I'll pop over to half price books after work because we didn't have bunnies or anything then. <laughs> Long but <laughs> BB before bunnies. Um, but I would pick out movies that I wanted to own or see, but I didn't want to buy the DVD of because it's 50 cents to get like movies from the 90s on VHS. Oh, yeah. So that's cheaper than me renting even the digital copy on Amazon. So I figured 50 cents for a movie, whatever. Like if I don't like it, I'll just donate it to Goodwill or in Minnesota, central Minnesota family pathways. Um, (laughs) But that's where I recently got bed knobs and broomsticks for you to enjoy. They have a lot more. I might pop in there this week after work one day just to see what their VHS selection is because they're like 50 cents or a dollar a piece there at a thrift store. But that's not what we're here to talk about. We also have one more. The song. We need the song. We need a soundtrack. Sure. Mariah Carey's Touch My Body premiered on TRL this month. Fantastic song. It's really fun. Jack McBrayer from 30 Rock, blonde, Kenneth the Page. Oh. Nerdy looking. Uh-huh. He's a nerd in this video and is flirty with Mariah Carey. Oh. Yeah. So um really fun song. It evokes winter and spring of 2008 to me. Oh. So um that's our song. We are still in Messiah Complex, and I just pulled off of the shelf the X-Men milestones, and I might and the fancy name for this is a trade paperback. It is a, a trade collection. Yes, it's a trade paperback. Um, there's a whole line of X Men milestones. Maybe if I remember when we chat with Flink and Dayspring to bring this up, because I think both of them hate this line, the milestones, because it's such a cherry picked, curated collection. You're not getting everything. Right. Yeah, you mentioned that. And like, so it's not an omnibus, it's not the full Messiah Complex sequence but it's just selected issues but all three of ours that we're covering in x factor are included so they made the cut so i need your fingers to count while i list things i'm gonna read what's in here we have the issue of x-men messiah complex a one shot we have uncanny x-men 492 93 and 94 we have x-men 205 206 and 207 new x-men 44, 45, 46. And we have X Factor 25, 26, 27. That's 13. Yep. How many chapters are in Messiah Complex? Unknown. I don't know. Maybe I can just read this instead of going to Marvel Unlimited. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know if this, I'll have to look and if see it, if, if this is, is a complete set. Because it seems thin. Like in the Inferno Omnibus is thick. I know. And well, Inferno, like, you had everything tied into Inferno. Fucking power pack tied into Inferno. You had some Spider-Man issues oh. tying in. So I tried to do that book club and I didn't make it very far into that. I know. So um, I'm going to check out to see if this is actually every... Oh, wait, wait. Ooh, is it I, Himbo? I, I, the Himbo himself is oh, on that page. Oh, yeah, he is. That's a good sketch. Oh, yeah. He's looking fine. Um, X-Men Summit? summit notes so there must be 12 chapters 
Of, it, I think this is everything. Oh. I think I actually own all of this. What listeners, you just you went on a journey with us right now. Um, <laughs> so I can just crack into that. Oh. That seems easier, and then you can use X Men Unlimited at the same time. It's really hard if we're reading the same thing in X Men Unlimited because you can see like our current issues just keep changing in oh. that menu where it's like you're halfway through this issue and you're like, no, I'm not. Oh, Philip might be. That explains why I was so confused. Yes. Using that. Yes. All right. Let's let's catch our our listeners up to speed. This is chapter seven. We have jumped ahead in the overall story arc. So on was chapter three. Yes. So previously in Messiah Complex, on the day of its birth, the new mutant baby was kidnapped. The X-Men suspected the evil geneticist, Mr. Sinister, in the disappearance. But it was one of their own, the rogue mutant Cable, who took the child. As the X-Men learned this, the giant sentinel robots guarding the Xavier Institute, the Xavier Institute? Xavier? It sounds better with Xavier, but we call him Xavier. We do. Fuck. Anyway, the Institute, oh, it's in trouble because those uh, sentinels malfunctioned and attacked them, destroying the mansion in the ensuing battle. Oh, we've seen the mansion since then. Did they rebuild the exact same mansion? No, we saw we saw the inside with Cyclops talking to the new X-Men. And it's all grungy. No, it's shiny metal. It's grungy. You mean the last issue or current comics? The last issue. Uh, yes. Because Cyclops blasted Rockslide into a wall. Well, it was already on its way to destruction then. Um why would you have Sentinels guarding? You know they're bad, right? I don't know. You know Sentinels are bad. Why do you have them outside your house? Uh, just shooting things. Was Neighbor it, shooting things. Was it Beast's idea? <laughs> Probably. Reprogramming? That seems on brand for him. The Sentinel pilots were infected with a nanotech virus. Cyclops, leader of the X-Men, knows the last person in possession of the virus was Cable. In response, he unleashed his secret weapon, the Covert Ops Squad X-Force, to recover the baby, even at the cost of Cable's life. But Lady Deathstrike and her mercenary Reavers are also on the hunt. Okay, so there's the Marauders working for Sinister, who we were after in the previous chapter that we covered. Yes. But now there's the Reavers. We have the Reavers who are bad. Okay. But then, but then there's Marauders later on who are good with Kitty and all that in Krakoa. Right. Is that be okay? Are there any other sea shanty type terms that we need to be prepared for? <laughs> okay. Here's some I current ex creators. If you're listening to this, maybe you can answer the question. To me, as a reader, not involved in the comics industry, it seems like we are getting all of the old titles recycled from anything. Anything that's typically or been published in the past typically crops up again. Great example. There was an eight-issue miniseries called Fallen Angels in the 80s. It Fallen Angel, Fallen Angels? Something like that. In the Krakoan Age, which... With our favorite himbo? I don't know. Did they? Yes. Oh, it, we... it, it came out before we started reading again. Oh, okay. um, Inferno, they just keep bringing that title back. It's coming back again with some Speedermen. Yes. Um, Speedermen. So uh, um, they tend to reuse these tales so marauders used to be bad now they're good but yeah are there, is there, some, an... are there some buccaneers probably are, are these just straight up pirates yes deadpool oh <laughs> pirate deadpool um meanwhile jamie madrox the multiple man lies in a coma sorry that was my spoiler that i spoiled before 
after sending one of his duplicates to an alternate future in search of clues about the baby's destiny. To the surprise, there were two dupes in two different futures. I know. To the surprise of all involved, the mysterious Layla Miller tagged along with no hope of returning home. No, three exclamation points. I know. So we're at this wreckage of the Xavier Institute. Cyclops is wielding a shovel to shovel rubble, except I wouldn't use a shovel like that for rubble. It's just going to slide off. This is like a garden shovel. You need like a coal shovel. Yeah, you need something. And he, there's a hunk here. Who's this hunk? We always have a question about which hunks are in the background. And this one's oh, wait. blonde. Oh, it's Angel. There's a wing. It's oh. a tip of wing. Himbo. Our favorite himbo. Our favorite himbo, Warren Worthington III is here in a white tank and i'm here for it um picking through the rubble and then we have charles charles coming up to like low-key criticize him and what he's doing in front of all the students yeah and which leads to like a great like interaction i feel between the two of them and there's a panel where xavier yeah xavier looks just like Patrick Stewart, because oh. this is in proximity to the movies. Yep. Do you think Patrick Stewart got royalties from his face being used? Absolutely not. He should. Maybe though. He he is a crafty man, and he has no problem doing voiceovers for video games and things like that. He might have signed a likeness deal. I hope so. I hope so too, because they straight up stole his image for this issue. And like, he has to be familiar with that from all the Star Trek books and mm. all Star Trek things. Like, uh, being involved in a franchise is not his first rodeo. It might have been in his contract as well, though, that he signed. Oh, that, it, that we can use, use your likeness space. in the comics. So they're going back and forth, and uh, Scott's basically like, "Charles, you gave up leadership. You, you said I'm in charge." I am in charge. And I am making the decision. You trained me to be yeah. in charge. So let me be in so charge. So step the fuck off. And he's like, well, sometimes two heads are better than one. And he's like, yeah, you would say something else. I don't need that. Thanks anyway, Charles. Oh, is it in here where there's a really good line? Um, oh, as I grab the issue. Um, can't have the distraction. As you're looking through that, I thought this was oh. is a good way to start the issue in terms of putting us right in the thick of what they alluded to, that the Institute is destroyed. They're throwing us right into the action, which yeah. I appreciate that they're not really dicking around giving us any more backstory. Kudos to Peter David writing this again. We know that he doesn't like crossovers, but he's doing a very admirable job here in keeping us invested in a way that... I wouldn't expect us to be because there is no member of X Factor in these opening pages at no. all. It's the X-Men. Um, so there was Charles, you trained me to be leader of the X-Men. Didn't ever occur to you that for me to take the reins, you'd have to stop driving. And Charles is like, intellectually, yes, but now. And like Cyclops walks away and like, that's what I thought. Also, him or Cyclops is looking real beefy. I'm okay with it. Me too. Looking beefy in an Arctic tundra with a baby strapped to his chest. A with baby cab- with no jacket. Yeah. Like Cable, you are not caring for this child very well. Especially if it has been kidnapped since it just popped out. Like, you need to support the neck. Even I know that. Yeah, it's not even... 
Why isn't Hope wearing a onesie even? She has a diapy on and that's it? Really? Is, is it an X diapy or is it the X just like what's strapping her in? So she's like, yeah, all that poop is just running down the front of cable. And she looks so scared. That poor baby. The baby's expressions are just absurd. And uh, he's being confronted by, I guess, the Reavers? I think so. So it it's um, Lady Deathstrike looking real good. Oh, good I can appreciate. Look at that. Like, look at the hair. Oh, that's her? Yeah, I think. I didn't that's, that no, with the claws. But the because claws make sense now. We're used to Lady Deathstrike from the animated series and everything. Like, with the funky hat. The browns the, and the, the, the vest. Yeah, yes. like the big vest that's like chunky, like it's shoulder patty. Um, it's as if the people who did the outfits for the Romulans in Star Trek went and did her look. Or Dynasty. Or that, well, Linda Evans <laughs> had the same shoulder pads in 1987 <laughs> in an episode <laughs> of Dynasty. Um, then we cut to and we finally see a member of our team getting a phone call from someone on the run. He's like, I'm a mutant. I'm in trouble. And Teresa's like, we got you. I'll be right there. Yay. Who is this? And he's like, oh, like, um, my my name is Mr. Quinn. I'm Peter Quinn. He, actually, I'm called Peepers. And you see his eyes and then he hits a deer. He looks like one of the goblins from Sleeping Beauty with the gigantic eyes. Mm. So. Inspo. Yeah. Inspo from 1959 Sleeping Beauty. So he hits a deer, goes careening off. Hits a tree, much like Tony Stark's parents. And survives. but somehow survives until there's this monster that attacks him and drags him off. Well, sort of like the I don't know the background of these things, so it might be the same thing. Like those warhound things. It, Remember in X Factor when Rachel gets one? When I gets one, like they kill all the adults and then it's a baby. amazing baby. Amazing baby. It looks like amazing baby. Yes, I was going to say the same thing. Cool. Amazing baby. Uh, but this is not Amazing Baby because it's like... It's Scary Baby. Vicious. It's Scary Adult. Yes. It's giving me Scary Adult and not Amazing Baby. Yeah. It's giving us Sunday Scaries. Um, we're in the future now. We're in Brooklyn, New York City. Sheep's Head Bay Mutant Relocation Camp 80 years from now. What? And it's giving me Halo. It's giving me You're in a Warthog with Master Chief. Oh, Yeah. And these are some humans who are on patrol in this warthog and Layla is laying down and they do a scan and they're like, oh, we can actually help her. She's not a mutant. We good. And they're like, hey, honey, you doing okay? And they're like, oh, shit, she's scanning as a mutant again. And uh, Jamie pops out of nowhere with duplicates and they're punching these Master Chief fucking wannabes. And... (laughs) They punch one and like take his helmet off, and he has a headband because it's beyond Thunderdome. It's Maybe giving me it... Tina Turner saying, We don't need another hero, but we do, and he's multiple man and he can make even more heroes. Maybe his helmet just chafes and he needs something to protect his forehead. Maybe. But um, it is kind of cool that Layla doesn't scan as a mutant and then does. Yeah. Because there's always this lingering question of, Is she, isn't she? And she's sort of both. And she's sort of both. And I don't know how, because she was in House of M. And then... She showed up in some of the Unlimited comics. Oh, I think she might have gotten depowered. Maybe depowered? I don't know. Maybe she just lives in this state of flux. They have a baby now. Yeah, they do. We'll get to them being romantically involved at some point in the series. Well, when she's not a preteen. 
She is still a preteen and she is making Jamie hold his punches because he's about to like obliterate this guy. And she's like, wait, we still need info from him. Yeah. And they do get some background. Yeah, we're getting little bits and pieces of this possible future. And except in a few more pages because we're on we are X-Force. at Cooperstown, Alaska. And this is apparently where Cable has been sighted recently. We have some X-Men responding. We have uh, Rain there. Good for her. Along with Logan. Um, Warpath. Shout out to Warpath Dylan. Hello. We see you. Um, And you're right in this issue. And they are trying to figure out how they can intercept this baby. And a cop? Is this a cop? It's a cop. He gets punched. Oh. By Warpath. Warpath is cut into the chase. Oh, yeah, because they're trying to sneak in. And yeah, they're like, he's like, is... th- we can just take out this one dude and be done with it. And like, is this really sneaking? It's not. There's some dissension happening on the team. Yes. So uh, Logan confronts Warpath about this and uh, the merits of sneaking or not. Um, and there's people. It, I... It's, it's, yeah, are you going to say there's people here that we don't know? Because I agree. I don't know who Hepzibah is, but she's on the radio. Was there a Toy Biz action figure of her? I think so. There might have been. And Rain is there. She's part of this team. Is Hepzibah a cat lady? We discussed cat ladies last episode, but is she a cat lady? I think Hepzibah might be. I don't know. Or slightly vampiric. Can someone tell us? chime in (laughs) let us know if hepzibah is a cat lady dear listeners um well we already have a sort of cat lady in rain on the scene and she's trying to like patch things up a little bit between wolverine and warpath and i do like this sort of developmental moment we get with warpath because he has known cable for a long time so it feels really rough hunting him down yeah because they were on x-force together yeah in the 90s lots of shoulder speaking of shoulder pads oh. and some pouches oh x-force just hidden pockets everywhere yeah not even hidden pockets they're just out there oh i could probably have a lot of hobbit rations with them <laughs> so um Rain is going into wolf form to sniff at some viscous fluid on the ground. So it seems to be like a stealthy tracking operation. Yes, which if you have one of those, you want rain. It's true. We're out in the snow again with this poor baby still strapped to cable as he's battling the Reavers. In the cold. In the cold, this poor baby. With the facial expressions on the... So one of my favorite things ever is Renaissance babies who can't even... Like, I could not stop laughing at a study session in, like, a Starbucks in Northeast Ohio because I pulled up the BuzzFeed list of Renaissance babies who can't even, and I couldn't stop laughing Mm. because they were so funny. And that's what this baby is giving me, like... She's giving... eyes, like... We're in the future again. Okay. This is where we get the interrogation of this dude. Yes, in his little headband to cushion his forehead from his helmet. And they're trying to figure out, like, what's going on with mutants? Like, who's responsible for the camps? Like, how did this future come to be? Right. He should have just said, like, do you have a history book? It's true. (laughs) Do you have a recent history book? Do you have a Wikipedia? Um, Can you shoot me that link? 
but it's really weird because the the term mutant is being monitored everywhere they're talking about mutants and the government shuts down anyone who writes about or speaks about mutants so Uh, there's like some crazy big brother shit happening here but we don't get to that yet because we're cutting to siren she finds peeper's car she's flying with has no e i know we haven't seen e's for a long time and we love those for whatever reason i had a dream about them like two nights ago. What were you flying and you, you could just see the letters? No, I was reading comics and she was saying, <laughs> So uh, it needs to come back. Who can I write to in the past? Can I forge? Can you hook me up with some time travel so I can write a letter into Peter David? That's interesting though, because for something like, isn't there a thing where like you can't read text in a dream? Oh, I don't I know. You can't, but if it's like E where it's an, part of the art. Yeah. And then you just don't recognize it as words, but you recognize it as the art that goes with it. Mm-hmm. How that would be in there. That's fun. Like yeah. maybe language isn't is art. Oh, that's deep. That's very deep for a Sunday afternoon. <laughs> I just want more animal crackers. I know. All right. So <laughs> siren, she wans, there's a bloody boot, and we see the not the, amazing baby. The adult scary amazing baby running away through the forest scampering oh there's a rib cage here too oh peepers dad oh peepers r.i.p peepers there's some carnage r.i.p peepers but not the symbiote carnage so that is um a mystery as to why there's this random creature roving around so i wonder if that's something that peter david is planting from his regular writing like what he's plotting for regular x factor so once this wraps up it's a continuing thing outside of messiah complex that would be fun because we do know that he picks up on stuff from way back when yeah seed in we're back in alaska and there are some gunshots and they're trying to figure out what what's going on here so warpath logan rain they're all scrambling Hepzibah. and Hepzibah's here along with caliban you know Caliban. I don't know Caliban. He's in a most recent issue of something. But I don't know what he does or who he is. He is um oh no. He can change his shape. I forgot the term. He's um under he's in the sewers in New York. A Morlock? A Morlock. He's a Morlock. Oh. Yes. He almost married Kitty Pride when she's a teenager. Oh. In the eighties. Oh no. We don't need that no but he said no like kitty didn't doesn't love me i can't go through with it he's a good guy okay except when he's not when he's a big bad guy there's a caliban who's very beefy oh but this seems like a good guy um so because he screamed they alerted the authorities which is the reason for the gunshots and they're making they need to get to the basement to make their escape yes ahead of these people coming in after them so uh, warpath looked at the schematics he knows the way Logan is on board. There's still so many ads in this issue. I know. Like the folks who do Adler, Chandler, and Christopher Riley. Like, yep. Every other panel would be an Adler. Yeah. Oh, there's one for the Joe Kubert School of Cartoon and Graphic Art. Justin, we know you're out there. We know you and Alicia have discussed this before. Justin really wanted to do this when he was growing up. Like, that's go a, the Kubert. Badass looking dinosaur. Yeah. So, like, it's in the Northeast where they're located. It, every time I see one of these, I usually send a picture 
like tag it yeah. in an Insta story for the X-Wife podcast. But we're not here for an ad. We're here to catch up with the X-Men in this rubble. And it's just like some very dramatic panels across the page that end with a picture of X-Force that has Warpath and Cable and some other people. You know, Feral. Sure. Boom Boom. Oh, I do enjoy Boom Boom. Boom Boom. You haven't read Exterminators yet. No, but she, and other thing that she was in, I feel like I appreciated her presence. So what we, we see it's a close-up of a sad-looking cable. And then we cut up to a roughed-up-looking cable in the current time as he's battling Lady Deathstrike. With a baby strapped to his chest. And she's, like, stabbing. Through his metal arm. Yeah, for this baby. Oh. And they're like, all right, no more guns, no more running, time's up. And it doesn't look like Cable is going to accept that. But it doesn't matter because we are in the future again. And the government has found them because he spoke the word mutant. And because there are microphones everywhere, they swarm him and they shoot Jamie with a power dampener, which makes him reabsorb all the dupes. Oh, that's what that is? I thought it was like the rays from the power dampener. No, he gets shot. And he's reabsorbing everyone. I miss the golden swooshes. And they're like, it's okay, little girl. We saved you. And she's like, oh, no, I'm his accomplice. I'm going with him. And Jamie's like, why would you do that? That was a dumb idea. Yep. And it's to be continued. I think that's what she says. It seemed like a good idea at the time. It seemed like a good idea at the time. Yeah fun yeah so we don't have as many there's still so more so many ads we have some uh, art for an iron man issue that i don't really give no um who's the dude with the star in his chest isn't that one of the previous captain marvels is it marvel that's no oh without a helmet marvel I don't know. They're hunky. Whoever. Uh, we should know this from the game Legendary sitting right over there on a shelf. Well, we only recently got Marvel. I know. The cosmic stuff. I love the cosmic stuff. Uh, yes, it is Captain Marvel. Um, so uh, questions that need answers for this month. Hopefully it's less cringy than last month. What is your most memorable comic convention experience? I only pre-read one of these. Oh. We can take another couple if we feel like it. We don't know what we're going to get with them, though. Peter David responded. You know him. He wrote X-Factor and also She-Hulk. A San Diego Comic-Con where I was walking through a hotel lobby and came to a halt. Sitting there not far away were Stan Lee and Jack Kirby, close into each other, involved in a lengthy and what seemed friendly enough chat. I just stood there and watched these two greats for a few moments, wondering what it was they were discussing, and then went on my way. Oh. That's nice. Um, C.B. Sobolski, who is, uh, is he the editor? He's one of the big editors at Marvel still. Yes. He, uh, and he posts pictures of his travels and all the delicious food that he runs into. Oh. Like, um. Like, don't look at it while you're hungry? Sort of. Like, he just spent some time over in Japan and, like, he was posting so many things. And I was like, that looks stupendous right now. He responded, drinking warm adult beverages and playing dominoes for hours with Peter Chewbacca Mayhew and Jeremy Boba Fett Bullock at Dragon Con years back. That's an experience. Like you have the... Like those are the actual people? Yeah, the person who played Chewbacca. Oh, that's And fun. the person who played Boba Fett. Oh. Just, you know... Boom, 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 boom. 
I still don't recommend that series. Um, we just started Andor. I fell asleep. And then I stopped. I was like, it's, <laughs> it's time for bed. And I, I, you love... Falling asleep during all the shows? Yes, that is higher than your love for Rogue One. But you still really enjoyed Rogue One. I did. And we saw it with Chandler from X Reads and Dylan. That was super fun. Oh, it was so much fun. And um, Andor, obviously, it the way they marketed this is that it was like a spy thriller. So they're trying to film different Star Wars series to appeal to different demographics and different genres. Yes. So this is more like the spy thriller sort of series that they developed for star wars and it's andor like it's during the empire and apparently there are no lightsabers yet and no stormtroopers refreshing yeah very different so maybe people will actually hit what they're shooting at yeah Mm. maybe Mm. maybe so that's the issue we are in the middle of the three issue arc when it comes to messiah complex coming up for the next episode should things go as planned they can always fall through because life happens but we are supposed to be joined by flinkman and dayspring to discuss issue 27 and also all of messiah complex as a whole they They can fill in the gaps for us even if i read this thing which i think i will this week but there is still they went through it they were super excited as this was being published and i really want that perspective about like why did you care? Why was this a big thing as an ex-reader back then? Yeah. Why did it mandate this gigantic crossover? Across all, yeah. All the ex-titles were involved. So uh, tell us about it. So I'm I'm excited for everyone to hear that too. Yeah. Because we are definitely not super well-versed in many aspects of comics. And that's okay. That's why we're on this journey together. And that's why we have friends that we yes. can draw upon. There are so many great members of the community that are more than willing to fill in those gaps for us. And we have two of them joining us next week. So, Dear listener, I hope you're on this journey with us. Yeah. I mean, we are uh, in the 26 issues of the series, plus a few other random ones, including that Fantastic Four from the 70s, which was real fun. So, yeah, first appearance of Maradrox, like yeah. that one up with Quicksilver, and then that whole miniseries. Yeah. Oof. Son of them. So, Anyway, engage with us. Check out our Instagram. We are at X Factor Files Podcast. Let us know what you think about this issue, the Messiah Complex arc. Let us know if you have questions for Dayspring or Flink. Um, this is coming out after we record with them, but we can always supplement too. Yeah. It's it's technology, it's magic. I can easily have an addendum. So <laughs> um or maybe we'll do something fancy like an instagram live or something like that with them to ask some questions but will we hit the play button for the instagram live that's always the struggle isn't it it is all right everyone we will catch you next time thanks for joining us take care bye Bye.